We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Today's episode, we're previewing the Boston Red Sox with Chad Jennings. Chad has been a friend of the pod for many years. He's been on the show to preview the Red Sox uh, a number of times. So I'm always appreciative of Chad's time. And it's going to be an interesting year for the Red Sox as we get into. A lot of people are writing them off this year. But there's also the, the bitter and jaded Yankees fans that remember the seasons in which the Red Sox should have been terrible and then they surprise everybody and have a, a good season with a collection of misfit toys. And let's hope that's not the 2023 Red Sox because the division is going to be difficult enough as it is. But before we get into the episode, I want to tell you guys about Shady Rays. They're an amazing sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair you can find. The frames are durable. The lenses have extremely clear optics, which are perfect for outdoor activities, golf, beach, and of course, baseball games. I told this story the other day on the show, but I saw a ton of Shady Ray ski goggles as well when I was skiing, which uh, opened my eyes that they're not just about sunglasses, which is pretty cool. And of course, if you've owned a pair of sunglasses in the past, you've probably broken or lost them. I remember one of the first expensive pairs of sunglasses I ever owned. I was on my friend's boat and I my hat was flying off my head from the wind. I reached up to grab it. I knocked the sunglasses off my head and they fell in the ocean and there's, you know, whatever, $150 down the drain. With Shady Rays, you do not have to worry about that because they will send you a new pair if you lose or break them, no questions asked. And if you buy a pair, you can exchange them for free within 30 days of purchase if you don't like them for whatever reason. That is just an awesome perk to the company and confidence when you're buying. Shady Rays is giving their best deal to our listeners. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code BRONX for 50% off two pairs or more of polarized sunglasses. Again, code BRONX for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Go check them out. I know you're going to love them. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. From across the street, head down to a different beat. Woke up, this is it for me. 
Okay, very happy to bring on to the show now Chad Jennings of The Athletic covers the Boston Red Sox has joined us probably like each of the last four or five years to, to preview the Red Sox. Used to be uh, covering the Yankees uh, way back in the day. You might recognize his name from that if you've been a longtime social media and Yankees follower. But Chad, welcome back. Hey, nice, uh, nice to be back. Yeah, so the Red Sox, the Red Sox. <laughs> do you know what to make of the Red Sox? I do not. So there's yeah. uh, there's two camps that I've noticed of Yankees fans, at least, how they're viewing the Red Sox. Number one is the team is bad. They're going to be bad. They're going to be a last place team. Let's not worry about them. Yep, that's number- all those, do they all live in Boston? Are they, is that the whole, <laughs> like, yeah, the, the, that is sort of, I think, the overriding feeling here. Um, so I'm curious what the other <laughs> perspective on them is. Number two is we've seen this before where yeah. everyone writes them off like 2013, 10 years ago, they're just collection of these veterans that yeah. all of a sudden they win a World Series. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is this team. I think in hindsight, that 2013 had had a lot of talent, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you tell me uh, what's going on with the team this year. Well, so, you know, look, look, I look at the, the lineup right now. It, it could be good. I mean, it's, even the projections have them at basically the same offense they had last year, and the offense they had last year was enough. Um, you know, they, they were, what, fourth or fifth or something in the AL and OPS last year? Like, not, fourth I mean, certainly sc- not. Fourth and run scored. So, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, like, they, they're not, like, you know, not some juggernaut, but certainly a, you know offense capable of making the playoffs. And I think they're similar with that this year. I mean, there's some... There's some X factors in it with Duvall playing center and and Kike at short and like you know when are they going to get Story back and you know how many games do they get out of him and all that so there are a lot I mean there are more question marks probably but you know I mean there's also some pretty upside X factors too right with with Justin Casas and Masataka Yoshida and you know how is you know Justin Turner going to play at, at Fenway Park that sort of thing um, you know I think the offense is okay the huge thing that I don't think anyone can predict is what this pitching staff is. I mean, it's, it is a, a weird collection of people, right? It is, a, it's, it's almost bizarre. I was that, looking at the names that it and could I couldn't, possibly I couldn't come, believe some of them. Like, like how did like, it even come together? Like, I mean, yeah. I watched it happen. I covered <laughs> this pitching staff coming together and I still am like, how did, how did they end up with this group? And, and look, again, you can look at it and see how it can work, right? I mean, and, and not that's a lot of ifs. It doesn't have to work by Chris Sale winning the Cy Young Award. But, it, you know, is Sale reasonably good? Is Garrett Whitlock going to be pretty good as a starter? He doesn't have to be the dominant reliever that moves in and stays that dominant in the rotation. Is Brian Bayo like, going to be legit? And is Corey Kluber going to at least be, like, a solid number three, four? I mean, I don't. It, it's it's unbelievable to me that they have a rotation of loaded with guys who you're like. I mean, I see it, right? Like you don't have to like squint to see what there is to like about some of these guys. It's just that you got to squint on like every single one of them, which is so weird. There's just not a reliable like who's going to lead the Red Sox in innings pitch this year. I have no. I have no idea. I think there are like I, I would six bet guys. On I would bet right, on Pavetta probably. Sure, safest bet there is. Safest bet there is. Also, might be in the bullpen in a week and a half. Okay. You know what I mean? Like really, like when when Garrett Whitlock's back and Brian Bayo's back, and if Paxton comes back, like he may be in the pen by the end of April. But he's also yeah. the most reliable source of innings. 
So I, yeah, I don't. He, he made 33 starts last year. Yeah, he's made 30 starts the last two years. So he's easily the most reliable source of innings. And I still have no idea what they're going to ultimately do with him. Like that, it, it, it's that's it's such a strange pitching staff. And you know, they they did work to make the bullpen better. The bullpen was a wreck at times last year. And you know, not that again, not that Kenley is vintage Mo, or not that he's even vintage Kenley, but like that's a better closer situation than you've had the last couple of years. Chris Martin is, you know, interesting, throws a ton of strikes. They, they think they found something in Schreiber last year. They believe that there's a lot of good stuff under the hood on Brazier. They get Joelle. They get Richard Blyer, old, old friend Richard Blyer. Mm-hmm. Um, old you know, friend Joelle, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. They, but, you know, there, there's there's a – again, you can see how it works. You can see <laughs> you can I see know, how it can it's work. Just, it's just good night. It could also fall apart. It could fall apart by May 1st. Yeah, when you have that many question marks in a pitching staff and specifically in a starting rotation, I just don't see how it's going to work. Like, yeah. I leave open the possibility that it could. And if they score a boatload of runs and, and half of the rotation is solid, like, fine. They'll, they'll be competitive, especially because, number one, the balanced schedule, I think, is going to make, you know, a oh, little sure. bit easier for a team like the Red Sox. And number two, the expanded playoffs. Like, you could be playing meaningful games in the second half of the season. Yeah. But... But yeah, it's, you know, you're going up and down. It's like Chris Sale also just like has had so many injuries and so many setbacks. And like, I, I believe that's the reason he's not starting opening day, right? Is, yeah, they sort of also felt like it was going to, it's his birthday. Opening day is his birthday. And I believe, so I'd have what? to double check it. I think it's also like the, the anniversary of his Tommy John. And their <laughs> feeling was like, just what? like, seriously. And they this is what they've said is like, it just felt like it's going to be a lot. Like, what? Just take it easy. Let Kluber do it. And then, I don't know. I mean, I don't think ultimately this is all like sort of nonsense, right? It's like whatever. It's just the way it all lines up. But that's that's part of what they talked about. But clearly they're hoping that he's the number one, right? Like, Of course. So, you know, I don't that's know. Funny. It's it's a little bit of, you know, are they overthinking this? Are they underthinking it? What is this? But again, it just goes back to like, I mean, the, they felt like there's a lot going on. At least that's what they've said. And so let's sail. Have a day, is get you yourself guy, like not freaked out, and then let's go. Does he make a big deal about his birthday? Because I don't know if you're like, <laughs> I, don't you know, like I haven't cared about a birthday uh, since 21. Dude, my birth, which my was birthday's a long on ass time ago. My birthday's on Christmas Day. I haven't cared oh, about wow. my birthday since I was 10. That's a uh, tough one. That's yeah, definitely a tough yeah. one. <laughs> but no, I just I don't know. That was just their. That's the logic that they said of why isn't sales starting? Is just it's a, it, it just whatever like don't make a big deal out of this and let's just i'm sure the boss have Corey kluber i'm sure the so boston fans are having a field day with that oh guy. god his dude with everything right now i wrote a thing about uh oh gosh i can't remember which story it was but in it there was i quoted heim and he and he used the word cool like two or three times in this like <laughs> you know it'd be cool if they did this and then i think it'd just be it'll be and and that became a thing of like, this guy uses the word cool so much. It'd be really cool. Like, that's how much everyone hates everything right now. Like, I know. Even just like nitpicking on the choice of a word in a quote, it's reached that point. There is nothing that happens now. Well, what do you, what do you think that's stemming that from? What do you disaster. think that's stemming from? It's, it's starting with, with Mookie, right? I mean, it's I all from say. there. It's, it's They brought in the guy from Tampa, and everyone was terrified that he was going to come in and make him a low-spending team and then he traded Mookie and then it was just like immediately like all right we know who this guy is and we know and how this is going to go also, oh, yeah, return, the return, the return hasn't 
Yeah, it, uh, it, yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, like it, Verdugo's still there, obviously, Verd- but G- Jeter Downs, Jeter Downs was like the number one prospect yeah. they got from that yeah. right? And He was yeah. a bust. So it's yeah, like- the, the, the Jeter didn't. The Jeter Downs didn't work out. Has been a that was a big setback, right? Like you make this huge trade with Mookie, and look, there was logic to it. I mean, they'd already decided there was. There's nothing we can do to keep this guy from going to free agency, and so. If you feel like you, you there's nothing you can do to go to, to keep him from going for, to free agency, and you also feel like your farm system is a wreck, and that you're tied to a lot of pretty rough contracts, their thinking was right or wrong. We're gonna have to do one of these resets, like the Tigers have done, or like you know the, the teams that have you know been sort of pretty decent playoff teams for a few years, and then they go through like a five year reset. Then they're like, well, instead of doing that, let's try to get proactive do this and then you've seen what they've done the last three years right it's like instead of just tanking it's we're clearly resetting and then we're also going to sign a bunch of one or two year deals to keep us from being a total mess and every once in a while when you do that you get 2021 right like all of a sudden you're not like the favorite but you're pretty good and some things play out and so i i think that we're still in a little bit of that cycle right the the trevor story signing was maybe a sign that they were starting to try to think bigger and they think they've got this wave coming right brian bayo tristan casas you know maybe at some point this kid Sedan rafaela could be playing center they think they've got stuff coming marcelo mayer a few years down the road but i think that they're looking at it still in that they're they're somewhere in the middle of you know we're still kind of resetting here um but if you can put enough pieces around that can work 2021 can happen if it doesn't work 2022 happens (laughs) You know, I was I was looking up uh, as you were just saying. Where does their farm system rank? Sixteenth in baseball on MLB.com. So yeah. middle of the pack. Baseball America has them ten, but Baseball America also counts Yoshida. Um, yeah, that's that's. I want to talk about yeah. that in a second. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's like the 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 Mookie the Mookie trade, which we've talked about, and, and the fallout from that, mm-hmm. and then the decision to also let Bogarts go to free agency, mm-hmm. and and one another thing we talked about last year, I think it was last year, was that they signed Story as insurance potentially for when Bogarts goes to free yeah, agency. Yeah, a little bit. And then, but then on the flip side, they give Devers the massive extension. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, out of the big three, Mookie. Bogarts, Devers, he's the guy. Devers is the guy that gets mm-hmm. the extension. Great player, obviously. Yeah, maybe, right. maybe the best guy of all those three to give mm-hmm. the extension to, considering his age and position. But like, yeah. the Red Sox could pay all three, and so like, isn't that what fans are like? Hey, guys, you could pay all three if you wanted to. Yeah, I. Well, I think that well, that's certainly what people want to be true. Um, I, I don't know how much they actually feel like that is true. Um, and you're seeing it, you know, look, it, right now we're seeing the Mets and the Phillies and the Padres. The Padres go, paid all three. Go to in, places, in go to places that we've never seen teams go. But, you know, you're also seeing the Dodgers not bring back some of their guys. You see Houston not yeah. bring back some of their guys. You know, like it's not – so I don't know. Could they play all three? Of course. John Henry has an absurd amount of money. They can but, – but I don't know that – outside of what's happened here in the last two or three years, you'd actually go like, oh, the norm is even these big pin- big spending teams can sign the massive open market extensions for three of the like premier sure. superstars in the game. It just so I think they were trying to think about it logically in 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 that way. And they and they certainly picked their battle with Devers. Um Bogarts, I do think they were I think they thought they were going to sign it. Uh, 
I don't think they what thought was the their, market was going to What was, was their go. top offer to him? Well, it was something like six and what was it? 160 or 170 okay, but not even in the realm. Yeah, but yeah, but if you're getting, but if you're offering that, I think you're willing to go to like seven and 200. And that's about what we thought he would get, right? Yeah, I no, thought it, it was the, like, he'll get about 200 million. And I think they were probably willing to go there. But then when the market becomes the Padres are going to give him 11 years, so they're not going to do that. So I do think, and, and look, there is an argument to be made that the Red Sox, if you're the Red Sox, you should be able to go screw it. If that's what it takes to keep Xander Bogarts, we just have to do it. And I think that's a fair argument to make, right? But there is certainly a lot of logic in saying, sorry, we just don't want to lock up our shortstop until he's 41 years old. And I get that. And probably given the current state of the roster, that actually does make sense. But then why the Devers extension? Because they signed Devers through age 36. Like, you're not, I mean, no, there's not like, there's yeah. not remotely yeah. the downside, right? So like, was may, it, it wasn't this a, may be a This may be a Jeter deal, right? Like Jeter's first extension with the Reds or with the Yankees, awesome. right? Like awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. And ends at roughly the same time, right? I think that's sort of what, why they're seeing Devers okay. lined up, right? Age wise. Um, I mean, look, it's the biggest contract the Red Sox have ever given. They're willing because to Devers spend had money. previously but, signed a, a kind of big extension with the Red Sox, right? Like Devers? Hey, no. Not, excuse me, not Devers, Bogarts had previously Bogarts said, yeah, 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 yeah. Bogarts um, leading into 19, he had signed right. So he had already been making 20-something million bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And then, so he opted out of that this offseason. Got it, got And then it. That's, yeah. that's when he hit free agency. Um, yeah, so I don't, so yeah, I mean, I think there's, it makes sense to have made Devers be the guy. Um, but in terms of why is there such negativity here around what they're doing is, I mean, look, they they've been, Last place, made a good run at the playoffs, and then last place again. And this sense of like, what are, what are we doing? They've also made some other moves that are, you know, it almost felt like trying to get too creative, right? Trade Hunter Renfro and bring back Jackie. Yeah. Even though yeah. at the time, I actually thought that move kind of made some sense. Um, but then Jackie's awful and Renfro hits whatever, he hit 35 homers again and yeah, and it's like the, then you've got the story injury, which certainly isn't helping yep. things. And like, w- what is happening at shortstop right now? Like, that yeah. seems to be a massive problem for at least the first half of the season. Yeah, I think so. It, it, it's uh, I look, and I think Kike's probably a better shortstop than we realize, right? Like, he's probably a pretty decent defender over there, but I don't know, man. Is he going to, I don't think he's going to hit like he did in the second half of 21. Um, and, and then it's, there's a trickle down from that, right? Like, if you've got to move Hernandez to second or to short, yeah. Now you've got to put you go out and get Adam Duvall to play center, and I don't know. I mean, metrics say he's pretty good out there, but he's also 34 years old and a left fielder, so <laughs> it's a it's a it's a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, so y- Yoshida, where's he going to be playing? Yoshida's in left. Okay. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, he's in interesting. Right. Yeah. going to move to right, yeah. You know, the Yoshida signing, obviously, everyone criticized them for overpayment, and it, I guess it does seem like a, an overpayment for him. But what does he project yeah, to be as a major league hitter? Yeah, I, I, so here's here's the way Yoshida was described to me. They think he's his most likely scenario is he's Andrew Benintendi, right? Okay. Like he's a and oh. Benintendi got seventy five, seventy five, and they gave him ninety. Okay, so an overpay if he's been intending their argument though is that 
there's so much that they think there's considerably more upside to Yoshida. They'd rather pay the extra money to get a guy who, if his power does translate, because he hit for power in Japan, and there has been, and I think a lot of teams that were down on him don't think the power is going to translate, and they think he's coming over as a contact hitter um, who's not going to hit many home runs, and that's been intending. But if it does come, and they really believe in it and have clearly bought into it, now maybe you've got an impact guy you know, in the middle of the order, and that's a bigger, so that that's, so is it an overpay? I mean, it might be, but I also think there's a chance, you know, we'll see. I have no idea which if it'll be. It turns be. out to be. But if he, uh, if he, if he hits, if right. he hits 30 homers, then well, I think we're going to look back, or, or to even 25 home runs, I think we're going to look back at it and go like, well, geez, of all the corner outfielders who were out there this winter, that, that might have been the best one other than Aaron Judge, right? So the yeah, of course, if he turns out to be a you know call it a one twenty five OPS corner outfielder mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah, yeah, then yeah, then, right. then then you love that signing. Um, yeah. and so you know, what, so that's I what I'm saying. That's why they, that. that's the yeah. idea of Yoshida, right? Is that that there is at least you're you're banking on a floor of a pretty decent corner outfielder with the the wild card here is like the ceiling is considerably higher than I think a lot of the guys who were out there. Yeah. And but we'll see. And, and so so you can sort of talk yourself into the lineup as you've been saying. Mm-hmm. You can talk yourself into the lineup being really competitive and then it's the pitching staff. I just I look at the rest of the division and even the Orioles I I feel like have a higher floor than the Red Sox. Maybe they don't have a higher ceiling than the Red Sox, but I think they might have a higher floor than the Red Sox. And the top three teams in the division, I think, are all far and away better. So yeah. I, I think going, you know, another reason why it's harder for to talk yourself into the Red Sox having a competitive year is that it's not a wide open division. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's going to be, yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's the, at one point, I think it was this winter, right, that, Heim Bloom said to me, he, was like, he said, I think we're playing in the best, we may be playing in the best division in the history of baseball right now, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean possibly. Could, yeah, right? I mean, you could have, it's, I mean, there's a good chance all, certainly all five teams are, believe they have a winning record, right? And with reason. And then it's like, I mean, they, and all five of them may even have like legitimate playoff hopes. You know, I, I don't mean, know. Three of those teams, three their are, goal is to two win are the great. World Series. Two are yeah. great. And, the Rays are the Rays. Never sleep on them. We right. talked about this last year. And Don't then you've got these the other two teams, which t- the the Red Sox and Orioles, for two kind of different reasons, right. are these sort of X factor wild card teams that that could be interesting or could be not <laughs> interesting. Right. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, 
it's like in the pitching staff, Kluber, Sale, Tanner Houck, Cutter Crawford, Nick Pavetta, Paxton. When is Paxton coming back from injury? Paxton's probably like the end of April. They, they've got him in waves right now. That the It looks like it's going to be second turn through the rotation is when they get Garrett Whitlock back. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, third turn through the rotation is when they get Garrett Whitlock back. He can come back in game 11. And then the next turn through the rotation, they'll probably get Brian Bayo back. And the next turn through the rotation, they probably get James Paxton back. That's kind of how they're stacked up right now. Um, is there a, a scenario in which the Red Sox don't get off to a good start and pieces are traded off of this roster? Or does, is that not, not even really... No, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know how early, right? Like, oh, you know, you're talking in, you know, but I mean, like, a month, month out of the deadline, if it, yeah, are they, oh, are they sure, selling totally. Yeah. I think they could, they would do that. You know, I mean, they, yeah, I mean, they they sold heavy in twenty, they sold semi in twenty last year. Certainly didn't buy, um, you know, I, yeah. So, but yeah, oh yeah, I mean, I think they would be willing to blow it up i mean that's why they've got a bunch of one-year deals here right i guess that's the flexibility of signing one and two-year contracts mm -hmm. is every year you can just sort of readjust yeah. the roster roll the dice until the farm system produces the core yeah. of talent yeah know? and they think they think the farm system is going to be more productive than they're getting credit for because they think they've graduated sure. some guys and of course but i mean everybody thinks that but but you know look we talked we started talking about mookie Betts, right like that so if, if jeter downs works out if he's if he's even close to what he was made out to be the middle infield situation is totally different. Even if he's not your everyday shortstop, maybe he's at least at second base, right? And now you've got Arroyo in more of a utility role, which is probably better for him, and which means you could put Kike in center field more often. Like Jeter Downs not working out has messed up this timetable. Jer Jaron Duran having these like wild ups and downs and not being consistent enough in center field has also created some of the problem, right? And so they. They have, they're not, they've given up on downs, right? They DFA'd him and yep. let him go. They still think that, that Duran can be pretty good, um, but we'll have to see. I mean, obviously, they didn't even put him on the opening day roster. So, like, how much do you really believe in it? Um, but we'll see. I mean, the, the, there, are, there are those factors at play here um, while they're waiting for the sort of super high ceiling of, of Marcelo Mayer to come up. Does, do you get a sense John Henry will get impatient? Um, because he's done that yeah. before yeah. where like they've had a plan and then they've pivoted to just signing a bunch of guys. Uh, obviously, awesome. he has the money to do it. So, Well, he's pivoted happen. the other way, right? Like, I mean, after, yeah. I mean, since Theo, it was like, I think it was four years of Ben Charrington doing the like build from within thing and they win and a championship Dombrowski. and then it didn't work. And you're like, oh, no, it's not working. And then almost panic move. Let's bring in Dombrowski to do the totally other thing. Yeah. He does exactly what Dave Dombrowski does, exactly what he was hired to do. And one year after he wins the World Series, you go, oh, no, we, he, he's only getting us major league players. We got to make a move. And then you get rid of him and bring in Heim. And now we're four years into Heim. So totally, I mean, you could see it being like, well, all right, we tried this, but this just isn't working. I, 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 I mean, look, I think ownership is on board with this. I mean, I think this is he's doing things that they want him to do. Uh, that's. You know, but I, but I I tried to actually talk to the about talk to guys about this at one point. But talking like on Xander, in my mind, it's Heim Bloom's job to come to them and go, "Look, this doesn't make sense." It, my professional opinion as your head of baseball operations is you shouldn't sign this guy to forty one until he's forty one. Yep. If you want to do that deal, it has to be ownership going. You're right. 
it's our money though, and we want Xander Bogarts to be here. So I don't know that how much you can just put it squarely on Heim for trying to do smart baseball things in a world in which every once in a while you have to be Hal Steinbrenner going, screw it, I'm giving Aaron Judge this much money. Exactly. Brian Cashman even said that in yeah. a press conference last October or November where he said, there are certain decisions that are that are ownership questions, not of general course. manager. Yeah, questions. yeah. I mean, at some point it gets past that. You just, you, your baseball people have to tell you, look, here's what we think is smart and here's the way we'd like to do it. And then if you want to blow past that, which some teams are doing right now, you know, I mean, some of what the Mets are doing is not Billy Epler. No, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, so yeah, I think they're all sort of in this whole world together. Now, does someone take the fall if it doesn't work again? Sure, right? But I mean, what is, I, I like, you can see that. Where do you put decisions like possibly overpaying for Yoshida or possibly giving Jensen a year more than he's going to get mm-hmm. on the open market? Is that Bloom? Yeah, I think that's mostly Bloom. Um, but I mean, valuing, sure. valuing players that maybe other guys are not valuing, thinking he's got mm-hmm. you know a read on something. Yeah, well, well, I think with Yoshida, it was a read on this is the corner outfield market. We're not in play for Judge, so now you're looking at again. It's Benintendi, it's Joey Gallo, it's Mitch Haniger, it's a bunch of guys with warts and with questions, and going, all right. My logic is we're going to go for this guy, and you know. Ownership says, all right, that's your choice. Like, I think that's on them. With Kenley, that felt more like, and I, I know that that was, we tried to get more starting pitching. The market for starters went way past what we were comfortable doing. And they lost out on some guys in sort of some like bad luck situations. Zach Eflin, uh, Nate Aldi, some other factors kind of screwed up those pursuits. And then they just went, well, all right. We have Tanner Houck. We have Garrett Whitlock, who we can use as starters instead of relievers. Let's build up the bullpen then. And so then they went, instead of you know, making a four-year commitment maybe to a starting pitcher they didn't want, they'll make a two-year commitment to a closer when you don't, you know, maybe that's a little bit past your comfort zone, but at least you're not tied to him, you know, for three or four years. It's two, right. you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess the difference between one and two years is, is not crazy yeah and i mean it goes back to like what we were talking about in the beginning right like should that really matter for a team like the red sox if you if you think he's going to be good this year and you're tied to one more year past what you'd like like uh, you guys red sox should be able to withstand that for Um, sure and so i think that was sort of a again there's there look these guys are smart i mean they are you know cashman and his guys are smart the people here are smart they're making decisions that are logical but sometimes the logic, you know, if you could talk yourself out of a move too that you need, right? Because if you try to logic all of it, you end up sometimes in some rough spot. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap up, question I've been asking all of the the guys we've been doing previews with is what rule changes are you looking forward to most this year? No, oh, the pitch clock. Are you kidding me? I'm going to be home by 1030. <laughs> That's the unanimous answer <laughs> of no, everybody. You know, what, you know what's funny to me though? I, it's the one that I dismissed the most in the offseason. I, I was like, I mean, the only part of the pitch clock that I really took into account was the pickoff thing. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I mean, guys are going to, it's going to be really interesting guys running so much and all the shift changes are going to totally change the way hitters approach it. And by the way, pitchers are going to have to learn to pitch a little faster, but whatever. And then you get to spring training. It was like, oh God, it is way different. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, cause I haven't, it's not like I was watching a ton of minor league games last year and, and had any real sense of, of that pace. And, well, because you, know, you can it, see it the game changes stuff. I mean, you can just, see the numbers, right? Oh, it's cutting off X minutes of time. But until you actually see the difference, mm-hmm. like 
watching a game and the amount of pause that it takes out is is yeah. when you really feel the difference. Well, and, and and I know this has been said before. I'm not like breaking something here, but I remember Brian Bannister, who used to be with the Red Sox, told me once that part of the reason it slowed down is these hitters are so good now. Pitchers have to throw like the best pitch they have every time. And so they're throwing, you know, you throw 99 and now they're, yeah, they're taking an extra second because they need the next pitch to be 99 too, you know, yeah. or they need that next the follow-up breaking ball. There is no get me over anymore. So it's just, and and now that's going to make pitchers, you know, not only is it speeding it up, but you are seeing it change the way guys have to have to approach hitters because they they don't have time to get off like the perfect slider every time anymore. You know, they're it's 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 going to change it a lot. Um, I mean, changed. hitters also, I mean, are not oh yeah absolved of anything because they take a lot of time in between <laughs> pitches too, and it's 100%. like the the, the uh, update that the umpire can grant extra time if a guy takes a big swing. It's like, okay, so, you know, we already know where that is going. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Offense, baby. Yeah. Give them a chance to hit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I said at the, remember the early in spring, the, the Red Sox had the game that ended with a violation. Yeah. Yep. And, and I said something to somebody in the front game right now who I was like, I said, you know, once we get into the season, they'll probably write it in those situations. They're going to give them a little bit of leeway. And he goes, I mean, if that's the rule and the other team gets a little bit of leeway just because the game's on the line, I'm going to be pissed. Like, exactly. I mean, you can't. And it was it, he was right. Like, if this is the rule, this is going to be the rule. I, I, I when it's cut I, and dry, when it, when there's a, literally mm-hmm. a clock, it's we're yeah. not talking about a strike zone or we're not talking right. about pass interference where there's a judgment involved. Like, right. This is literally right. that says zero. I know what that means. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I'm looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm yeah, glad they like, did that it. That gives me my training. strike, you know. But I'm glad yeah. they did it in spring training because, oh, yeah. like, we talked about this uh, on the show. I talked about it with Scott. Like, do it in spring training. The game doesn't actually mean anything. Condition these players to that we're going to call this, and then maybe that has the ripple effect down the road where it's not an issue anymore. Oh, I think that Major League Baseball when that when that game ended on a violation, I think Major League Baseball was thrilled. Yeah, because as as much as it was weird. It was also a good wake up to everyone of like, yeah, man, pay attention. <laughs> this is we're doing this. This is happening. The uh, real thing will be though. It's like you know, game six of the ALCS. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I heard someone say like they should either eliminate it or or something in the ninth inning of a three run game and. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting take on it. Like a close game yeah. after the seventh inning, maybe you yeah. extend the clock or or do something different. Um, and, and look, I can understand why people would be like, "Hey, look, man, the rule is the rule." But yeah, I, I don't know. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like I the Ghost like, Runner and extra innings. Right, rule, exactly. Right? I have like, no problem with the Ghost Runner and extra innings for a July baseball game. Right. I have a problem with it yep. for an October baseball game. Yeah. and I would feel the same way about. The, the pitch clock timing. Yeah. And and the and to me the best argument for it was whoever it was that put together all the numbers on that the the Otani trout at bat in the WBC and that like by I don't even maybe been all the pitches would have been violations. And like oh, right. yeah, nobody yeah. was bothered by it. You right. know what I mean? Like it's so I don't know. I hope I hope that some But when it's Nick Pavetta pitching else. to Glaber Torres in the third inning of a game really like, hey, Yeah, even Glaber Torres is bored. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I I've heard from and talked to a lot of like you know old school baseball people who are still very bothered by it, and yeah. you know how oh, this you're not giving the guy time to recalibrate and think. I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't 
uh, uh, sorry, man, we play 162 of these. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't need you to take that. It was, time. yeah, it was like when the thing it's like, you know, I watch, I try to watch almost every baseball game. You have to watch every baseball game. It's like nine 48 at night. And it's the, it's the bottom of the yeah. sixth inning. You're like, yeah. God damn, come on. What guys. are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, and that's how you're going to get people tuning out though. We did a story. I don't blame about people. broadcasters like, yeah. and, uh, and how they've been adjusting to it. And one of them, uh, Wayne Randazzo out in LA now, he said one thing he noticed in spring training, it's going faster. And when games are over, people are hanging around a little bit in the park, right? Like they're not sprinting to the exits because the game finally ended. It's like they've been entertained. They saw it. It happened in two and a half hours. Now, yeah, man, maybe they're going to hang about and kind of talk a little bit. Like this wasn't something that you were counting down. Like, oh God, finally they got through this thing, you know, like, yeah, the, I, I don't know. I really, I really, really, really think it's going to help. And that's ultimately a good thing for the sport. Like oh, everyone should yeah. be in agreement. That's a good thing for the sport. And coming off of the WBC, that was like this, right? unlike any WBC we've ever seen, where it was like all of a sudden all eyes were on baseball and it was incredible. Now you maybe, if you've got, to, you know, did you hook a couple of kids? And they're like, oh, all right, I'm going to try to watch a few more games this year. Like, right. yeah, man, give them a product that's fun. I mean, I watch I watch Celtics games with my six year old, and I mean, he is super into it all of a sudden. Oh wow! But I haven't now. Now he's gotten old enough, right, to be able to watch it, and he's like pretending to play to play basketball in our living room while we're doing it. But I'm curious. And now, in the past, when I've tried to watch baseball with him, he's sort of into it, and he gets bored pretty quickly, right? Yeah. And I don't always have a great counter argument. I'm not like, no, 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 look, see how Trust the catcher's sh- setting up and the pitcher thinking about it? Yeah. This is riveting. You see you when know? he stepped off the mound for the yeah, third see, time there? Yeah. That's because oh, he's that's, that's, he's That's an athlete. That's that's what you need to be watching. Son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, make it, it's, it's, should, I mean, I, again, I don't want to take anything away from people who are bothered by it because, yeah, there are some quirks here that we've gotten used to and it's going to be a change. But I, I, I do think the net's going to be, it, it's, it's so much better. I'm with you. All right, Chad. Thank you so much fun. As always, go check out Chad uh, in The Athletic. He writes awesome stories, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up with you down the road this season. Sounds good. Anytime. Let me know. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.